Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. And we're back. It's been another week in quarantine. I hope you guys are doing okay. I don't know about you, but it comes in it comes in waves. But it's usually like I'll usually have like a, a week where I'm good and I'm like, it's fine. This is what it is. And then another day will just be like super sad. Um, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And fucking Mother's Day, man, is so complicated. Like, I normally go home for Mother's Day because my dad's birthday is May 12th. Um, my sister-in-law gave birth to their first baby um, yesterday. This is the first grandbaby in my um, my immediate family. So my parents are very excited but also, you know, upset that they don't get to see their grandbaby. And they don't know when. I talked to my mom earlier today and... You know, she has, like, the same thing where just, like, she gets a lot of anxiety going out. And it's just, it's hard to hear. And (laughs) I want, I keep getting, I keep pausing because I want to say that Mother's Day and Father's Day and days like this are hard because for a lot of people because you don't get to pick your family. And I just want you to know um that it's not your fault. I've talked about it many of times on the podcast, but my mom and grandmother had a very terrible relationship. And I it truly wasn't my mom's fault. My mom rebelled when she was in her teens, like any normal kid does, but I I know my mom really harbors a lot of guilt with that relationship. And I can remember from like age seven of like how much my mom tried to make it work. And I think a lot of that came from like honor thy mother and father, which was, it's like, what is that? The third commandment. Um, it's just like another reason why I'm like, fuck religion because you, you don't have to (laughs) honor your mother and your father when they are emotionally, mentally, physically, not that my mom, grandmother physically abused my mother, but just like for the general you, it's okay to say enough is enough and it's okay to set those boundaries. Boundaries are so hard to set. And I was talking to someone the other day because they lost someone in their family with a complicated relationship and I and just told them like what my therapist said, which was the more complicated the relationship, the more complicated the grief. <laughs> this is like the saddest episode ever. But you'll learn to 
to get boundaries and how to make boundaries. And she was like, I don't even know where to start. And I was like, it took me like four years in therapy before I even started feeling not comfortable. You don't feel comfortable when you start setting boundaries, but you feel brave enough. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. And so if that's like where you are right now, then just like, I just want you to be nice to yourself. I think we all could use being nicer to ourselves. Um, Like you don't have to turn off the bad thoughts that you have about yourself, but you don't have to agree with them. If that makes sense. I heard that somewhere and I was like, whoo, mind blown. But I hope it's a good day for you. I hope you get to celebrate a great relationship or honor a great relationship or it's all hard. You know, it's so complicated because even when you love your moms and your dads, there is the inevitability of death, you know, like that you one day will have to deal with this day and they're not there. And that's (laughs) truly horrifying. Um, I'm not going into that right now. Let me get to something more real. I don't know what that even means. More real. Nothing's real anymore. Capitalism isn't real. Well, capitalism's thriving still somehow. Um, Guys, I fucking, I miss New York so much. And I'm literally inside of it right now. I live in New York City right now. And that's what this episode's going to be about. It's going to be about, um, I guess, like my love letter to New York a little bit. Um, I'm already starting to tear up. I am going to cry in this episode. I can, t- I, I told myself, I was like, you know what, like, whatever. Maybe it'll be cathartic, uh, cathartic. There we go. Cathartic for you guys as much as it might be for me. There is truly no city like it. I mean, like LA is close, but like not at all. Chicago, sure. But it's the second city. Like it's different. Like, you know, I feel like people move to LA to become like actors and musicians and like people move to New York to act and to, and to, and to play in bands, but it's so, you move here for such a personal reason. You move here to be seen and to feel seen and to just truly feel alive in your own skin for the first time in your life. Like I never fully felt like myself until I moved to New York. Um, I knew I wanted to move here. I saw like one episode of Sex and City and mom was like, you shouldn't watch this. And I was just so enthralled and mesmerized. It was like my Disney world. It was like, I have to see the magic of this place. I can feel how much I need it. And that was it. And like, obviously, if you haven't figured out where the inspiration for this podcast came from, but yes, it was from Sex in the City. I knew it was it. And I mean, I'm talking, I never fit in anywhere completely to the point where like I was called weird and like off, even by some of my closest friends in middle school, high school and college, like truly to the point that I've had friends in the, that had did that to me that have now actually apologized to me about it. Cause I always thought it was me, you know, cause that's how we react to things like that when you're young and naive, but they, uh, multiple have been like, wow, you just fucking knew you just fucking got it at 15 at 19. How like good for you. 
So if you are young listening to this and you feel out of place, you know what? Move to New York. Move to New York when all this fucking shit's done, guys. Because there's a lot of talk about rent. And it sounds like rent's going to go down because a lot of people in New York City are talking about moving. And you know what? They were never really New Yorkers to begin with if you want to move. <laughs> Just like, but the moment, like the moment I moved to New York in 2011, I could finally breathe. And like not even breathe, I could finally like exhale. Like it was just like, oh, like you, you're here, you're free. Like I was home. And that's been like kind of a hard one for my mom to understand a little bit because, you know, in her mind, home from you would always be. And I'm just so happy. And it's crazy, like, I'll, this will be in August. I moved up on my birthday. It was the best birthday gifts I've ever given myself. Um, nine, it'll be nine years in August. And it's been 10 years since I graduated college uh, since this weekend, which is also just, like, mind-blowing. Like, I, there's just so many fucking, like, emotions happening this weekend. Um, that it's just, like, I, I was, like, I wonder if 10 year old 10 year old me if 10 years ago me would be like proud of me now and i think for the most part but i think 21 year old natalie was way more um energetic i'm tired all the time now um but i think like i think even if i didn't end up performing or even doing this podcast i think just moving to new york would have been enough to be like you did it you got where you wanted to be um And I started thinking about like, what do I miss about New York? And it's, it's everything, right? It's like tangible feelings. It's tangible stuff, like specific places, but it's also just like these feelings, these like emotions. Like I keep thinking about my first two years in the city and like how dumb I was. And there's no way around it. If you are not a New Yorker, you're not born and raised in New York. If you are moving from the Midwest from the South, from fucking Virginia, from fucking Idaho, from fucking Texas, the first two years, you're going to be a dumbass because this city is designed to kick your ass. It is so fucking cliche, but it's so fucking true that if you can make it here, you can like truly make it anywhere. Like my first year, I was so fucking dumb about everything. And when now in retrospect, this is really great. But my first year in the city, I did not have an iPhone, which... I was constantly made fun of by everyone, even like bosses. My bosses would be like, you want blank, Mary? I was like, yeah, because I'm fucking poor, man. Like, this is what I could afford. Here we are. But because I didn't have an iPhone, I did not have Google Maps. So I learned the city in a year when it comes to the subways. And it takes fucking forever to learn the subways, guys. It takes so fucking long. It's so hard. Even when you do have a Google Map, you will still get lost when you're new. Just because it, you just have to learn to get used to like the signage and like how it works. And I miss the subway so much. I miss just getting to walk around. I, 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 it's one of the best things about New York is that you truly can get anywhere in New York walking. It might take you a long ass time if you're going from like say East Harlem to Brooklyn or to Queens. You're gonna have to go over a bridge or two it's going to like literally take a couple of hours, but you can, you can get anywhere walking. You can get anywhere with the subway. You can't say that about LA and you can't say that about Chicago either. Like a lot of people drive in Chicago. You don't have to drive in New York. You don't. 
You really don't. I honestly don't think me and Aaron will get a car until we have a kid. So that way we can go back and forth from grandparents easier because I can't even think about fucking flying with a kid right now. Don't. We're not even going there. I still have like a year and a half of my IUD. Thank you so much, birth control. But speaking of birth control, I miss like, I miss, it's going to not make sense. I think it will make sense once I, once I say it because I even, I just told Aaron this. i like, I miss being so stupid. And having sex without condoms. Because, again, I wasn't on the pill until probably um, I would have been 23. I didn't get on the pill until 23. Was sexually active since 20. But the fun thing about the pill, because I forgot about this because I'm on the fucking IUD. I would never remember to take it on time or, like, every day. So I just miss being dumb. I miss... I miss the feeling of having sex without a condom, waking up the next day and, be, and running to get plan B. And like how I miss how oddly adult I felt in that situation that I was like, no, I am taking responsibility for my actions and I am fixing my problem. Like it was just like, look at me, look at me be an adult. Like I really, I didn't grow up until New York, truly. I, didn't, I feel like that happens for everyone. Your 20s are like, <laughs> you're just a dumb, hot mess whatever gender you fucking are, like you're just, you're just dumb and you're slutty and you're horny and you're, you want money and you want to work in your career and you're just, but you're so raw and emotional because you're just a dumb baby who can drink now. And everyone says your thirties are better. I'm still um, not sure if that's true because I loved, I loved things feeling so important. And not that things don't feel important now. It's just in my 30s, I'm way more, what is the word? Um, Analytical, where something happens. I get in a fight with a friend. uh, uh, Something happens at work, this, this and that. And it's not that I don't take it as personally anymore. It's that you're just more like clinical about like, well, this is like X, Y, and Z, and you're feeling like this because of X, Y, and Z, and you'll feel better or you'll feel like this in a couple of days because of X, Y, and Z. Like you're just much more aware of the patterns that you found yourself in and how to get them out, yourself out of them, and how to just be calmer and like more mindful and all that shit, which is great. That's so good. That's such growth. But there is something that's so poetic about a dumb 23-year-old crying in the corner of her bedroom because of this guy that she thought was the one and it just was so real and so I you're just so present in this pain like so present in this pain and when you analyze I feel like when I analyze I'm not as present in it like I'm like I'm like oh I'm aware of it I see it I'm respecting its boundaries and now I'm gonna deal with it but to just constantly just like feel that pain and not that I want to feel that pain. Like, like it's like a it's a double-edged sword. Like, I love that I've grown so much. But I do love that dumb baby crying. I love to cry in corners when I was in my 20s. I don't cry in corners anymore. I would cry, and my favorite was a bathroom corner. I'd just close that fucking door and just sit in that corner and just cry like a motherfucking baby. I still cry like a baby. But it's just more, 
it's more mindful. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I hope you get it. I'm talking with my hands so much right now just because it just means so much. I miss, I guys, I can't tell you how dumb I was. Like, I mean, I am about to tell you how dumb I was, but I can't, I can't explain. Again, I will explain how dumb I was. But it's so crazy to just go back and think about like how I was constantly told by like professors and teachers and my peers like how responsible and like mature I was. And maybe that's how I presented myself to the world, which is great. But I did some dumb fucking shit, guys. First first year, I would say probably second year is when me and, and my um my roommate and good friend Matt truly like blossomed in the city because the other thing that uh, people don't tell you about moving to New York is your first year, you don't know fucking anyone. You don't. You don't know anyone. It's so hard to make friends as an adult. You know, it's so weird and like awkward. But your second year, all of a sudden you have a shit ton of friends. It's like, it's like one day, like the light switch goes on. But one of my favorite memories and... Audrey, if you're listening, I need you to not tell my mom some of these things because she doesn't know about this. And I still think somehow I could retroactively get grounded in what I did. But like I said, I was dumb. It was very dumb. I'm still dumb in a lot of ways, but like not as dumb as I was then. And I don't remember where I was or who I was with, but I know I wasn't with Matt because I was in a cab by myself so I was going to the, my to our apartment alone, and I was drunk, and I left my wallet in this cab. And I'm for sure that I left it in this cab now because I remember the cab driver like honking like crazy after I got out, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, oh my god, what's happening? What's he trying to do? Because that's where, that's sometimes where your mind goes when you're a lady in a city you're just like you're always constantly kind of on edge um so I just ran into my my apartment right wake up the next day hungover don't you miss when you woke up hungover in your 20s and it lasted for like an hour and then you were fine and I realized I didn't have my fucking wallet and the thing is I had everything in my wallet everything including social security card, my driver's license that I did not get changed when I moved to New York. I still had a Virginia driver's license. Um, And fun fact about the DMV in New York City, y'all think, look, you think the DMV is bad wherever the fuck you live? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not until you go to the New York City DMV. I was there for over four hours. And again, it's way harder to get a driver's license or like a license, like an ID in New York. In Virginia, I remember I went and was like, I lost my ID. And they were like, okay. And they looked me up in the system. They're like, we're sending you a new one. I didn't even have to give them a fucking bill to show them that I lived in in Virginia. In New York, you have five points of identification that you have to show. And fun fact, I had none of those because everything was in my fucking 
wallet that I lost. So my mom had to send me my birth certificate and she had to send me my um, second social security card. Like they had kept one just in case if I lost it. Fun fact about that social security card, I would lose that one too. I don't know where. I just lost it. But when I did lose it, I lost it. When did I realize it? I realized I lost it when I was 29 because I was applying to get a passport. So me and Eric can go to Italy and I didn't have it. But by the time I was 29, I was kind of savvy enough to figure out like, oh, you just go online, you answer a few questions. And then I had a social security card in like, uh, I think like in a week, it was like very quick. But so my mom's sending me all this stuff. And the thing that I've left out, the part that makes this really, really dumb is, um, this happens about 10 days before St. Patrick's Day, before my first St. Patrick's Day in the city. And I I look young for my age. I still do. I get, I'm 31. People always think I'm like in my, like, I'm like 25. Thank you so much. It's because I'm so pale. I don't let sunlight touch my skin. Um, the thing about this that makes it like extra dumb is that this was 10 days before St. Patrick's Day. And I was in no way going to miss my first St. Patrick's Day in New York City because as a 23-year-old, that is my God-given right in my mind. So I had gone to the DMV. I stayed in line, waited four-plus hours. And in New York, not New York, in Virginia, you would get, like, your license right away like handed to you. It might have changed. Um, I could be totally wrong. In New York, they hand me a slip of paper that says this is your temporary license. You will get your actual license in two to three weeks in the mail. And I don't know if you know this, but um, two weeks to three weeks is 14 to 21 days. In St. Patrick's Day, it was in 10 days. So I'm freaking the fuck out because I I there's I don't not get carded I am always carded at this point in my life and I just like bars in New York just like card all the time because they're that's what you should do um so I the savvy motherfucker that I am I run to Costco and get a replacement card because I also have my Costco card in my wallet because your Costco card has to take a shitty, grainy picture of your face to make sure it's you. So I took my Costco card and my birth certificate and the the paper that was like, this is her driver's license, and went to bar after bar. And anytime I got stopped by the guy, by the, the bouncer... I'd be like, look, here is my birth certificate with my name, Natalie Pagewall. Here is my Costco card that also has my full fucking name on it. And I shit you not, it got me into every bar. And I shit you not, every bouncer or security guard was like, oh, get, let me, I have to talk to my manager. And like the owner or manager would come out and be like, look, here's the deal. I'm dumb. I lost this because I got drunk two weeks ago. And you know what? That means I'm going to spend a lot of money in your bar. This is me. I promise I'm of age. If I'm not, this is like the ballsiest fucking move ever. And it got me into every fucking bar. I swear to God, it was amazing. 
So that was the day. So that was like, so the all fucking weekend I would do this. And then on actual St. Patrick's Day, I worked for Urban Outfitters at this time. And fun fact about Urban Outfitters in New York, they'd be like, if you don't show up because of like X, Y, and Z, like if they, if they were like, if you don't show up for Black Friday, if you don't show up for your shift on St. Patrick's Day, you're automatically fired. So you know what I did? I fucking went. I worked a 7 p.m. to closing shift drunk off my ass and I'm not proud of it but just knowing like I had a lot of shitty managers there that treated us like shit I, they had some shitty policies that I was like I don't care and the security guard that worked there because we lived in the uh, this one was on, like on the Upper East Side and like people would steal all the time and so there's always a security guard there like right there and he was like you're drunk aren't you and I was like fuck yeah I am um and I never got caught and I'm very proud of that moment because why, guys? Because when I was 23, I was dumb, but I was creative. I was resourceful. And I just miss that. I miss, I miss like every, not having to overthink every reaction or not reaction, every action, every move that you make. Because right now that's kind of what's going on. I don't think for everyone, I think people have kind of have better grasps of reality than I do right now with my OCD. But right now I'm like, will going outside get me sick? Will going outside get me and Aaron sick? Will this be the time that I touch the one thing that has the corona and then I touch my eye? Like, is that, is that it? Because I, New York is a gross city. It is. It's so many people. There. Do you guys remember there was that like scientists swabbed the subway like years ago and they got the results back and they were like, guys, there's bacteria on here that we don't even know what it is. And before this BC, before Corona, I'm fucking, I'm touching everything. I don't care. I'm not washing my hands once I get home. I wear flip flops in the city. Flip flops. This is a very... This is a very, um, you can kind of tell a lot about a person in New York about their feelings about sandals or no sandals. I, I'm a fan. I wear my flippy flops. I'm from the South. I love my flip flops. I'm not taking them away. And this is the first time, it's the first time in New York that I'm like, am I not wearing flip flops this summer? I just miss that. I miss getting to just live my life, live our lives. You know what I really miss? What I really fucking miss or hot dog carts and halal carts and ice cream trucks. And I'm so afraid if there if there is the possibility of them not existing after this. Who's gonna feel comfortable getting a hot dog from a man or woman from a cart? I mean, I probably will. I mean, once this like dies down, all my dirty habits are coming back, which is why I find my OCD hilarious because like it just loves to pop up at like the worst time possible. And sometimes I think I'm so gross and so grody because like that's how I talked myself out of my OCD as a kid. I'm not for sure. For sure that's what happened. But like I'm disgusting. And I think that's my, my way of my way to mentally show myself like, look, lick this subway pole. You're fine. But you know what? Like three... Or four, was it four years ago? Four years ago, I was out with Aaron and his like sister and 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 a brother-in-law now. And I like leaned on one of the subway pillars on the platform. 
And Aaron was like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. There's germs. And I was like, it's fine. And then touched my eye. And guess who fucking got pink eye the next fucking day in that eye? It was me. Um, I'm the one that got pink eye. So it's like, it's a kind of a, a luck of the draw sometimes. You gotta, but you gotta roll that dice so you can feel alive is what I tell myself. <laughs> um, but I love hot dog carts. There's nothing better than a New York hot dog. <laughs> There's nothing better. There's, and they're, oh, they're everywhere. I used to like, um, <laughs> this is dumb, but uh, my, my first, well, no, my first and second apartment, they were like, tw- it was like a 20 minute, 10 to 20 minute walk to Central Park. And um, well, my first job, my first babysitting job was like across the park. And so, <laughs> I would walk it a lot when it was nice out. I loved walking across the park. I love, I miss the park so much. Um, so great. It's so great. I sound so dumb and so selfish and needy right now, but here we are. Um, but where I would walk through is I would be walking through the running track a lot. And I don't know, it's, you don't need to know the geography of Central Park, but there's a reservoir, um, I think it's, oh, I'm going to look this up. I'm pretty sure I know the name. It's named after Kennedy's wife. Um, and now I can't think of of her name. Do, do, do. Reservoir in Central Park. Not Reservoir Dog. So I did love that movie, um, which probably makes me basic. Reservoir. Oh, yes. Okay. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis Reservoir. I was right. So there's like two loops. There's like, you've got the loop that's like literally the reservoir and that's like a 1.5 mile loop. And then you've got the outside loop, which I think that is like two miles if you do it all. And so I I loved, cause I'm an asshole. I actually, I ran this loop all the time when I was like super fit. I am not super fit anymore. Um, but there's like benches everywhere around the loops and where, where all these people are running. And I used to always like, buy hot dogs and like watch people run to like and I hope that people were like oh I want that hot dog that doesn't make any sense now like it doesn't translate well but like via like a Facebook or Twitter like it was funny like it made more sense it's fine who cares who cares guys I miss being drunk in the city the city is made for alcoholics it's so easy to get anywhere uh while drunk and not have to get behind the wheel. And I don't think you can say that about LA. Though I heard the Ubers in LA are super cheap. But I just... I'm, I this is, Again, this sounds stupid. I miss being like the drunkest person in the room. Um, me and Aaron have a habit of always ending up being the, the drunkest couple at a wedding. And we're very fun drunks. Like, we're very fun... <laughs> Um, we, if we yell, we get mad at each other and it would be, I think last weekend was a wedding that we went to in, um, Annapolis for his friends. He officiated the wedding and if you've been to Annapolis, then, you know, it's got a beautiful downtown, which is where the wedding was, but everything is cobblestone and, I'm wearing like stiletto heels for the rehearsal dinner, which guess what? Did not go well uh, walking around. And for the actual wedding, I'm wearing um, 
oh my god wedges I'm wearing very high wedges I mean the outfit look great I look great we get so drunk at the after party uh that that we both opened tabs at this bar there were there were separate bars in this bar we both opened tabs we both get so drunk we're all outside uh at like a table right on the beautiful like right on the chesapeake it's beautiful there's boats going by the beautiful beautiful breeze but like you were on the water like i was like there's no way people don't fall into this water and i'm pretty sure people were like yeah people fall into this water and like some stranger like sits at our table and like when i'm really drunk i'm very like who the fuck are you so i like turn to this guy and i'm like who the fuck are you and he's like i went the wedding party i was like no you're not and then everyone was like yeah no you're not and like I get, it turned out people were like happy that i called him out but that's when i was like oh i'm drunk me and aaron were like we need food we go and like walk to get pizza and that's when we both realized neither one of us has our cards on us. And we're like trying to walk back to the bar. I roll my ankle in the crosswalk. Um, and Aaron grabs me to make sure I don't fall. And I was like, get your hands off of me. And he was like, what did I just do? And I would feel terrible for the next three days that I did that. But then I'm like, like stomping back to this bar and we both find both find our cards at separate bars and we're like, you good? I'm like, yeah, you're good. And gra- granted, we had a great fucking time. But this always happens. We always like we we love we love to love at a wedding. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, I just love being I love just getting dumb drunk with like Aaron at a bar like and just being super silly. You can't do that. And like I am finally drinking again. I wasn't drinking. um there was like a good two months that I wasn't really drinking because of those headaches slash migraines. I didn't really know what was going on or what were they. And then I got prescribed pills. I got prescribed. It's an antidepressant that is used for like used in low doses for, for migraines and nortriplin. And I was just like, I, when I, when I got them, I didn't think to ask my neurologist if I could drink on them. And so I Googled and literally everyone on Google was like, no, do not. And I was like, well, fuck, like I can't. So I've been like, I'm not drinking, blah, blah, blah. So finally I got the okay from my neurologist. She was like, yeah, you can drink. Like she's like, don't take them at the same time. And she's like, they'll probably make you drowsy, which they do. That's what kind of sucks right now. It's like the moment I have like a sip of wine, I'm like, oh, I'm drowsy as fuck now. But I'm learning how to like power through. Um, anywho, um, it's uh, it sucks. I miss being unjaded too, and I think that's more from youth, not from the city. But I I miss kind of like walking around New York, being like I can conquer anything, and I still do feel that way in a sense. But I felt it in such an uninhibited way when I was in my early twenties when I first got here. Of just like, you can make it with five dollars in a dream. Once you move to New York, now I'm like, no, no, you got to be like a little bit more pragmatic and maybe have three jobs at the same time, but you'll get there, girl. Don't worry. Um, and speaking of the migraines, it's weird. I was thinking about the other day, but like the, this has been like an issue. Like first it was like dizziness since like last October or no, not last October, just like October. And so there was like two two months where like 
this head pain was so intense. And I call it head pain because it really doesn't feel like a headache. It's so different. Um, where I couldn't do like anything. It was so hard to be a live-in nanny and pretend to give a shit about these kids. And like even podcasting, like like all of January and a, a little bit of a lot, a lot of bit of February, I was in like major pain recording um, and just kind of like biting through it. And there hit this point where I had to acknowledge the fact that I possibly might have to deal with this pain for the rest of my life. And what does that mean for my career? And I think that's kind of when I learned right before, right before the the virus really broke out, because this was January and February, that I had to deal with the fact that I had to learn who I was without my career. And that's also kind of when I realized, like, I didn't move to New York to just be a writer and a comedian. And this amazing podcaster, like I truly didn't. I moved to New York to be to feel like me. And and that is a completely different situation. And by getting to be fully me, I was fully able to uh, grow the fuck up and start performing. Because I never, ever, when I was not in New York, I always told people I wanted to be a comedic writer. Like not, not, not a stand-up not a professional storyteller. I was never going to get on stage. I was only going to write for comedians, which in my mind now, I'm just like, what the, why did I even think that? But it makes so much sense because I wasn't fully me yet. And the moment I got to New York, it was just like, oh no, you're going to, you perform. You're a performer. You're not a behind the scenes type of person. You love the spotlight. And Again, because of these migraines, I kind of got a jump start of just kind of re-getting back to who I am without my career being completely tied to it. And again, I'm so lucky I have this podcast. I get to do this with you guys. But I think a lot of America right now is having to come face to face with who they are now without their career as their identity. And there's that great meme that was like, I love how America had to be alone with their thoughts for once. And they were like, absolutely not. Like I'm baking from scratch, bread from scratch. And I was just like, that's really true though. It's like, this is, this. all of this shit sucks. This shit sucks so hard. And I will quote unquote, happily stay in my apartment for as long as we need to to stop this and to save lives. And I say quote unquote happily because like I'm not having fun. I'm not happy all the time, but I will happily do this to get to save people's lives and to get this under control and, and wait. And I totally lost my fucking train of thought there. God damn it. Um, but, but I guess what I was trying to say was like, we now have this time where we have to really think and like deal. And, you know, I've had a lot of people be like, why aren't you writing? You should be writing. And I am very slowly getting to a point where I actually do feel creative and I'm starting to be creative again. And I'm very excited about that. But I don't think anyone should put that on themselves because I think right now we do have to kind of think 
and just kind of be within ourselves for a second. And it's very scary and it's hard and you're not going to like it all the time. You're not going to like everything that you relearn about yourself. But as we go forward and try to get to this new normal, we have to be ready. We have to be energized. And so we don't need to constantly be trying to produce and create and to work. That is this myth of capitalism that's been shoved down our faces, down our throats since kind of our inception. So why not break the streak for a second and just kind of be here, especially us millennials, 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 listen to me real quick. This is the retirement that we are never going to get. We are never getting social security. We are never getting a retirement, especially after the fact that this could be the second great depression. They We already lived through what they thought was the second great depression. And then the universe was like, <laughs> that's adorable that you thought 2008 was the depression. Now we're going <laughs> to hit the depression. So just be for a second, like sit on your ass and watch all the movies that you loved as a kid or all the movies that you just never had time to or watch Gilmore Girls. It's great. It's very relaxing. The reboot, blue. And I can go on to that a lot later, but I won't. It's okay. This all sucks. And you miss your town and you miss your family. And I 100% believe that there's other people out there right now that just can't be with their family that just like birthed a new part of the family and this again this is being recorded on sunday on mother's day you'll hear this on wednesday on hump day go go masturbate differently if you are sheltering in place with your partner a fuck buddy whatever fuck them differently breathe differently Just like be here for like a second, just for a second. So we can just kind of grow a little bit and we don't have to grow. I'm trying to like find like the right button that I'm trying to say here. Besides like this is the retirement that we're never getting ever. And that was from, I saw that from a very funny comedian, Brooke Arnold, who wrote that. And it just like shook me to my core. I was like, holy shit. She's right. She's right. For once in my life, for once, like truly in my life, I have never given less shit about a job or money like ever. And I want, I want people to get to that, that place because it's, so liberating it's so mind-blowing to be like i don't give a shit like i'm probably not going to trader joe's i talk about this all the time i'm not going back i don't give a shit about this company especially after i found out this company does not give a shit about me or any of the employees i'm not working retail ever again because i'm not i can't be a part of this i can't be a cog in this shit like ever again i think for me just seeing how much i miss new york Because New York is a very big part of my identity and it could be very codependent and maybe that's not the best thing ever, but it's brought me back 
to what I I loved about me in the past and still love and things that I still love about me now. And in a, a very weird way, it makes me very hopeful for the future. New York's been through a lot of shit. The people that have lived in New York have been through a lot of shit, whether they're still there or not. It almost... Not that it feels right, but it's like, of course, New York was the epicenter of this fucking virus for the fucking world after Italy. Like, of course we were. We want to be the best at everything. So, of course, we wanted to be. Um, that's a terrible joke. Um, but just take a moment, pause for a second. If you're someone that really hates what's going on, you hate having to wear a mask. The masks, are, it's a lot. It it took me a, a few times to get used to it. I, I was getting a lot of anxiety because it makes you breathe weird. <laughs> Fun fact about anxiety attacks, usually you're not breathing and that's why they're like that. Um, just... Just remember it, this is going to end. And I know it doesn't feel like it. And I don't know when. I truly wish I did. I know we all did. It makes it easier to have an end point. And we don't. We're really being forced to let go. Whether we like it or not. And I know there's parts about where you live right now that you miss so much, so much. And some of them might not be there when we're done with this. There's a lot of places in New York that aren't gonna be here. And it's heartbreaking. It's like losing part of yourself. And I really hope you have that same type of relationship with your home. I will truly say it's not the same as being in love with New York, as, as New York being a part of who you are. Everyone that moves here, everyone that has lived here their whole life, New York is a part of you. And that is so disgusting and cliche, but it's so true. I don't know who I would be if I hadn't moved to New York. I don't know. I don't think 21-year-old Natalie would be proud of me if I hadn't moved to New York. And even with all this shit going on, there was a moment where we thought about going to, to Maryland, thinking it might be safer. And then, I don't know if you guys saw the infograph, where it was like a lot of the virus spread because people left New York. Like, I'm really glad we stayed. We ultimately stayed because we were like, we can't get your parents sick. But I hope one day you guys get to experience it. I know there's all of these like terrible articles that are like, oh, it's never going to be the same. But if one place is going to be the same, have the same essence, I mean, it's going to be different. And I think in a lot of ways it should be different. The general you, the general we, 
should be different. But if one place can make it, it's New York. I want to thank you guys so much for letting me have this episode. Um, This one was definitely more for me than for you. Um, But I can't tell you like actually how much better I feel right now than I did uh, an hour or two ago. Um, And I will probably be crying like immediately after this is done. Um, If you've been to New York, I would love you to email me your experience and what it was like if you want to of course I'd love to hear your thoughts on New York um, even if you live here I'd love to hear it as always and thank you again we're going to get through this week by week um, like, subscribe, share all the things um, reach out to me at city at gmail.com or on Instagram or Twitter, though I will say I keep getting fucking blocked. I just got myself blocked again on Instagram. I keep thinking I'm a bot. Um, I'm not a bot, Instagram. I'm just bored in quarantine. Um, so I'm not sure if I can respond to DMs right away. I think I can see them. I can't like or like add or follow people right now, but I can like post stories. That's all I can do um, until next Sunday because I got myself fucking blocked this morning. Um, but yeah, reach out to me, awkwardsexcity at gmail.com, and we will talk very soon. Um, I miss you guys. Bye.